Hello, everyone. It's your friend Tristan Miller. I'm just here to inform you that I'm recording my first stand-up comedy album and special on May the 4th in New York City at Caveat at 4 p.m. You can go to the link in my bio on my social media platforms, or you can go to caveat.com, go to May the 4th, and buy tickets there. Highly recommend that you get them early as they are cheaper that way. Also, after the show, I'm going to go, Phantom Menace is playing in theaters. So I'm going to take a big group to go to the nearest AMC or whatever Cineplex and go see my favorite Star Wars movie. I'll say it. I'll say it with my full chest. My favorite Star Wars movie in theaters again. So hope to see you at both things. If you have to pick one, just pick my my show, please. Um, I do. Uh, uh, would, I would like to sell out the house if possible. Anyway, um, love you. I uh, hope to see you soon. Okay, bye bye. Coming soon to theaters, podcasts, film reviews, and so much more. Available at tristanmiller.substack.com. And now, our feature presentation. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Focus Testing, a podcast about movies where we <laughs> make a movie. My name is Tristan Miller, and joining me today is the hilarious Hattie Hayes, one of my best friends. Hello, Hattie. How are you? Hi. I'm so good. I am so good. Guess what's in my oven? Oh, is it, it's not a bun. I know that mm, much. It's no. not a bun. Is it a popcorn? No. Better. What? The answer is three potatoes. Three potatoes. Three yeah. potatoes in an oven. You know, I remember that Bible story. And then a fourth potato showed up in the fiery oven. And they were like, who's that guy? And some people say it's Yahweh. And some people say it's Jesus Christ. Some people say it's Gabriel. It's a mystery. And then, and then I ate all of them. <laughs> I eat I, your potato. I ate the Christ potato. <laughs> the Hattie Hayes story. <laughs> oh, that's that's the... um. That's the Irish Catholic version of the, the Eucharist. Yeah. It's just a baked potato. <laughs> um, so uh, what was the first movie you saw in the cinema? Do you remember? Or what is the first movie you remember seeing in the cinema? I should say. The, the, the first movie I remember seeing in the theater um, was actually... Annie, the curly red haired one. And here's mm -hmm. so, but here's some more details. So, um, the 1999 remake of Annie, the one which has um, inexplicably Sarah Highland from Modern Family in it as an orphan, mm. um, I, I was obsessed with that. I had it on DVD or VHS. And one of my earliest memories, not just of the cinema, but ever, is I guess when that like proved to be a success they did um like a re-release of the the original annie movie with you know with carol burnett as miss hannigan um curly red-haired annie they did a re-release in theaters and my dad took me and my cousin mamie and uh for whatever reason she and i were really into like orphan core as kids like they're like or little orphan annie pretending to be an orphan um yeah Molly, the American Girl doll, because she was mm -hmm. as close as you could get to an orphan of the American <laughs> Girl dolls at the time. Um, and I, I remember going to see Annie 
curly red haired Annie in the theater. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is awesome. All, all the songs, you know, like way crazier events. And also way more racism. Like not oh, yeah. that 1999 was like a peak year for not being racist, but boy, oh boy, boy, oh boy, oh boy. Was yeah. it a step up from Annie's of the past? Then again, I also, because this is who I am and was, uh, had a lot of like the original, like Annie comic book stuff. I had, I'm sure I had a lunchbox with the, like a, a plastic lunchbox with Annie, the, the orphan as depicted in the comic with just the hollow soulless eyes yeah and that of all things um w- was definitely rife with the imagery and language of its era so <laughs> is the is the, the most diplom- polite the most diplomatic way of hey hbo hire me to introduce old movies yeah to write the intro <laughs> What is that Disney? Uh, is it Robert Mencken who does that Disney introduction, so. or the the Warners? He does Warners. It's like, hey guys, in this one, Bugs does Mammy. It's not great. We I'm don't, sorry, we don't like it. But I'm sorry, we can't but, fix it. So yeah, oh brother. Um, that's really lovely. What a yeah. what a nice uh, little experience. So you were obsessed with being an orphan. Yes. Did that yeah. bleed into like liking Harry Potter or uh, Star Wars or Lord of the I Rings defi- as well? I definitely liked Harry Potter because he was an orphan. It's like yeah. magic, I can take or leave, but like mm, magic is sweet, real. Sweet orphans, orphan. they're like exciting. yeah, orphans are magic. Um, yeah. My when I was growing up, um, like into my approaching double digit years i would play a game with my mom i would force my mom to play a game called baby in a basket where i would pretend to be a baby that she found in a basket on her doorstep and she had to take care of me um which like it's really funny to make your mom play your mom when you're already her daughter it's like let's play a game in which you raise me and I'm your child. Like, why? What were the limits of my creativity at that point in my life? <laughs> Bet you loved Prince of Egypt. Loved that. I saw Prince of Egypt once in school. In school, um, they couldn't once... do that anymore. I'll tell you that you can't say anything anymore. You can't say no. this guy's the Prince of Egypt anymore, can you? No, you can't. You can't even um, say he's from Egypt. You can just be I, like uh... just some prince? <laughs> can I run a? A, a joke I've been working on by you. Yes, hold on, let me brace myself. Okay. Okay, thank you. This is um, okay. this is got woke. my stress doll. This is woke Pontius Pilate. Bring me the, they bring me, the man that they call King of the Jews. Come on, guys, King of the Jewish people, surely, and you know, democratically appointed person. Of the Jewish faith. That's good. That's my my new character, woke Pontius Pilate. That's good. That's good. Thanks. Um, but you only saw it once in school. Yeah, yeah. There was like, um, I guess it was just generic, like in mu- in movie class or um in music class. You know when mm. the teacher is hungover. Yeah. And you get to watch a movie. Yeah. I think our music teacher in fifth grade was hungover a lot because I saw more movies that you're more musical movies and also movies tangentially related to music 
than I ever have before or since. I, I'm pretty sure that's when I watched Amadeus. That's point out again. Grade. <laughs> now, I have to point out again, I was very 12. Um, oh, heck no. And I, yeah, and that's a long movie, so it must have been a bad week for our music teacher. Because, um, yeah. of course, you'd be breaking it up into, into sections. Um, this is also the year that choir membership was compulsory and we did sing uh and play on the piano the song i believe i can fly i was hoping you're gonna say amadeus amadeus i wish um yeah a lot of a lot of religious songs in fifth grade choir i did not go to a religious school i went to a public school in missouri which i guess is the same thing i was gonna say (laughs) but um yeah that's definitely uh yeah, got exposed to a lot of a lot of culture in that environment. <laughs> um, what's your favorite cinema snack? Okay, so I'm a delinquent, and I am a firm believer in the best snack you can watch in a movie theater is as much as you can fit in your biggest purse. When I saw a, a highlight, well, okay, so. Previously, when I lived in Astoria, the nearest movie theater to me um, that wasn't in Queens, because no one wanted to come to Queens to see me, um, was the Kipps Bay. Oh, sure. Uh, yeah. Great theater. Great theater. And My extremely conveniently close to a 7-Eleven. So typically, oh, yeah. I would go, I would get my taquitos, I would get my hot dogs, I would get some <laughs> bottled drinks, I would get some chips, I would get some candy, I would get a dessert into the purse, and then away I go. One... <laughs> One particular, um, one particular movie going snacking experience that stands out to me in my memory is one of the multiple times I saw Lady Bird in the theater, uh, mm-hmm. a Greta Gerwig joint. Um, mm-hmm. I w- went with a friend and we sneaked in an entire baguette and a ball of Borsine cheese and some knives. <laughs> and so we just ate bread and cheese. I want to say that that was at the Angelica. Um, I saw Lady Bird at least twice at the Angelica and uh, really like I don't think you should ever give a movie theater your money for snacks. I think you should take in like I would never lie on my taxes, but I would sneak anything into a movie theater. I don't I don't care. I this is the one bad thing. The one <laughs> crime. My one crime is I think you should sneak as much piping hot gas station food that's the funniest part of it is like miss your bag smells like uh, a gastrointestinal mistake what's going on in there and you know, don't worry like, about it boss don't worry I'm, i farted yeah <laughs> are you gonna what are you gonna do are you gonna say i didn't fart you, i did i i farted i'm you a fart truther yeah yeah um i'll say this well, I appreciate the hustle. I appreciate it. I I do disagree with it. If it's a local theater, AMC, Regal, whatever. No, but no, because, I'm doubling down. Please let me let me finish, because they get almost no money off of the movies, and all they make in sales is there from the concession stand. So if you really want to support a local theater. Buy the $12 popcorn. I don't. And here's why. Because my local theater, my the the one that I grew up with, mm-hmm. um, they have undergone, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating, 
in the last five years, I think they've completely renovated at least four times. Okay. And like the only, it doesn't, it doesn't look that much better. It's not nicer. One of the renovations, I'm like a, a part of the renovation is that they now also, uh, along with their like snack bar, they sell this incredibly expensive bespoke in-house flavored popcorn. And I'm not exaggerating when I say they have 30 flavors. You know, you can get peanut butter Oreo. You can get great. You can get nerds. You can get chocolate chip. is a wild place. They're all delicious. However, I'm not going to pay $18 for popcorn. I'm going to sneak it in. Mm -hmm. If you didn't want me to buy a flavored popcorn at the quick trip, and sneak it in you shouldn't have been located down the street from a quick trip like they're raising ticket prices because they wanted heated recliners and i'm like if i wanted to watch a movie in a heated recliner i would get in the car and <laughs> watch it on my through phone. the cinema yeah exactly kool-aid style wait can i actually tell you a crazy yeah. a crazy movie theater story yeah, about that theater mm-hmm. so um you know spider-man I do, personally. He lives here in New York. Yeah, you're BFFs with him. He's your friendly neighborhood what? Spider-Man. You uh, have played him. You've been him. You've embodied I have been him. Spider-Man. A couple of times, yeah. And when The Amazing Spider-Man came out in theaters, I think it was mm-hmm. The Amazing Spider-Man. It might have been The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Um, it opened right around 4th of July. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my my hometown theater, The Miller 8, um, yeah, that's the one that I still no issue stealing from. And I think their ads are terrible. And I love it so much. Um, but <laughs> I'm going to tag brother, them in this episode. <laughs> good luck, because they also keep changing their Instagram handle every time they rebrand. And I'm like, what? No, get it, what? Get it together. My, my little brother and I went to go see Amazing Spider-Man in the theater. And mm-hmm. it was July 5th. And... While we were in the theater, we noticed that like it smelled really smoky, but we also uh, had the day before set off hundreds of dollars worth of fireworks, like lots of explosives. So like we definitely smelled smoky and we were like probably like the other people in this theater and this part of Missouri in general um, smells like a matchbox. And so we watched the movie and, you know, we're young, so our mom is going to pick us up. And when we go outside, our mom is waiting for us. And also there's so many ambulances and fire trucks everywhere. Because while we were in this movie, the hotel next door burned to the ground. <laughs> That's what that smell was. It was an active fire. <gasps> oh, no. And they didn't tell you? They didn't tell us. They did not turn off the dark. They kept letting <laughs> us watch Spider-Man. And so our mom shows up and is like, oh, my God. Like, she's like, I, you know, I heard all of the sirens. So I came down here. Are you guys okay? We're like, I mean, yeah, the movie was fine. Why? And she's like. (laughs) So um, that's a happy memory of that theater. Is that time that the hotel next door burned down and no one thought to, like, evacuate? They're just like, probably won't spread. Mm. (laughs) Not. You know, it's kind of poetic, but also it could have been a better movie. You know, like not that I love that movie. I think it's a great film. But like if it'd been like, I don't know, something maybe a little grander, you would be like, oh, yeah, let's go down with the ship. 
you know. Yeah, like, or if it were literally any Michael Bay movie, I would have yeah. just been like, go ahead, kill me. Do it. Um, do it. Re- like, I would have been like, is this 3D? Mm-hmm. Mm, release um, me from this prison. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, and that's why Amazing Spider-Man's my favorite Spider-Man. That's Andrew good. Garfield's my favorite. <laughs> He's the best. He's the best. Um, what's a movie that you've seen recently that you've absolutely hated? That I hated? Yeah. Um, that's a great question. And then I I'll see. ask you the question you were anticipating of what one you liked. But I want to know what you hate first, Addie. Um, what have I hated recently? Um, you know, I just, it's technically, it's still January, which means it's technically still Christmas. And um, I watched a lot of pretty, pretty rotten, pretty terrible rotten um, Christmas movies while I was at home. I wouldn't say that I absolutely hated this, but it definitely... I was unable, my mental acuity is feeble enough that I did not really understand how the movie Best Christmas Ever got made. Um, It's got Brandy in it, and she plays like a cool, can I, I'm going to do spoilers. If if you don't want spoilers for Best Christmas Ever. Scrib ahead. Yeah. Uh, So basically, it's Brandy, and then some like hot blonde lady it's not christina applegate but it's someone christina applegate adjacent and um the premise of the movie is christina paragate yes yeah exactly if uh if if christina applegate were on nickelodeon um <laughs> that's a deep cut for all the uh so we want one and victoria stands out there but anyway um <laughs> so the, the premise of best christmas ever is that uh the main mom, the main protagonist mom, hates getting all the Christmas letters and seeing how good everyone else's family is. Her family sucks. Her kids, stupid. Her husband, an idiot who's poor. Like, hates her life. Her fabulous former best friend, Brandy, sends out these amazing newsletters. And she's like, uh, I hate her because she's happy. So then one of her cool. shit. Yeah. So one of the mom's shitty kids puts Brandy's address in the GPS. They drive all the way there, do not notice that they are going to their, not their actual destination. Brandy, who is an angel in real life, is like, hey, it's okay. You can just stay with me and my family for Christmas. Also, there was a huge snowstorm, even though we're clearly in California, so you're trapped here. But the thing that really was hard for me to get my head around is the subplot in which Brandy's son is secretly dead and the way they cover that up is by saying that he's flying around the world in a solar-powered hot air balloon. And then there's like a whole thing where they paint the star of Bethlehem on the hot air balloon that they've been secretly building in his memory. And then it becomes a part of the Christmas pageant. I get like the the look on your face right now <laughs> is how I felt because I was like, that can't be the subplot. Secret dead child? Secret dead son? What? That's such a headache. I can't like, yeah, I'm with you. I'm like, what is happening? Like it's there. Like, and and the thing is, there are good and also less bad family Christmas movies on Netflix. The the sure. I my family hated. This is actually really funny. We watched Family Swap on Netflix, which I was excited about because Weezer's in it. And my okay. brother is a known Weezer stan. I am an ally uh to Weezer <laughs> fans everywhere. <laughs> And I was like, this is going to be awesome. And it's got uh, one of the hot Jennifers. It's got Ed Helms, who I love. 
it's got one of the kids from um, the Diary of a Wimpy Kid, like animated series, like, mm-hmm. and uh, I thought it was really cute. It's like a Freaky Friday, and the dog and the baby switch braids. It's so funny. My family hated it. They were like, "That sucked. We hated this." <laughs> it made me so. I was like, "Why?" They're like, doing fart jokes, and I'm like, "Okay, listen." Um, <laughs> that's what you know you go away to the east coast you become a coastal elite and you you mm-hmm. love what love cinema you know yeah, i love film. film those yokels back in missouri don't understand the nuance of no fart case. jokes yeah yeah you can't have fart without art idiots is that um your favorite one um that you've seen recently oh god no <laughs> um no my <laughs> i was hoping so- that it would have been though that would have been really funny. It was like, yeah, this uh, a film. No, I recently, um, I recently watched and then made my boyfriend watch uh, Dan in real life. Are you familiar? Oh, sure, yeah. I had never, I had no inkling of what it was about, and my mother famously hates Steve Carell. Would not be sad if he died today. Interesting. And so the fact that she's the one who recommended this movie, she's like, oh, it's really cute, and I was like, girl. Um, and it was, it was pancakes head, right? Pancake. Yeah. Yes. And the poster. Yeah. Yes. That's pancakes head. Um, the pancakes are a plot point. Oh. Um, and, uh, very cute movie. Make me cry a bunch. Make my boyfriend cry a bunch. Uh, both of us cried so much, so much. And the only bad part, there was a jump scare in this movie where there's a scene where Steve Carell's character, Dan, from real life is uh being not arrested but apprehended by an officer of the law and i got jump scared because the man who plays that officer of the law is um matthew morrison from glee surprise glee just look just no one should endure it just i was like god i was like oh no it's mr shoe yeah why does he have pop ah it was so scary because like at first you kind of see him and you're like that guy kind of looks like justin timberlake but then you see him up close and you're like (laughs) no it's worse it's worse justin timberlake's pulpa that's so funny yes yes so funny oh you hate you hate a jump scare from glee Mm -hmm. um are you ready for some uh movie trivia i am all right so first question same question to everybody what is movie? Um, you know, when you read a book and it no. isn't going. Yeah. You, well, see, you know, when you read a book and it's not going, mm-hmm. mo- movie is going. It's going. I see. Movie it's, is book that going. goes. It goes. It goes. Mm-hmm. And it's also song that stays. Mm. Book that goes. Song that stays, their beautiful union. That's movie to me. To me, to me, that's movie. 100%. I like that. I like that a lot. Do you agree? Um, I agree with the essence of it. Who has anyone ever asked you what is movie? Movie to me is a waste of time. No, movie to me is uh. Is intuition made manifest? Wow. Yeah. It's yoga. <laughs> well, it's like, you know, you have all these abstractions and instincts 
on the daily basis. And then someone is, um, they get it and they kind of capture it for an hour and a half, two hours. Yeah. And you go, that's it. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. That's, that's how I, that's how I feel about it. Um, what movie has the best soundtrack? Um, Unfortunately, I regret to inform you, it is, in fact, Baby Driver. Like, uh, it's just a it cursed is. film now, but yeah, it's, it's Baby a good Driver. Soundtrack. Unfortunately, it's Baby Driver. Um, Notting Hill also has a great soundtrack. Mm -hmm. And it, it's 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 got an extremely 90s soundtrack. Mm -hmm. um, and songs that you kind of forget are in it. Like, you know, the the, the really the the kind of uh, pinnacle of the Notting Hill soundtrack is the Elvis Costello she um just a song about pronouns well actually just pronouns we don't even Pronoun. get her we just get she um but yeah the soundtrack to Notting Hill is crazy some like good 90s deep cuts and like it's um yeah underrated I think that in years to come that's gonna be like a TikTok thing like all the girlies who are nostalgic about the 90s because they were born in the wrong era 2002 um are going to yeah you get you get those teens you mm -hmm. you dunk on them. those yeah get their asses get but their also, ass I, but also i i i'm gonna get them but also i get them i'm like mm -hmm. yeah for sure we all went through that same thing in the night in the 2000s about the 80s i don't know yeah. what to tell you um that's a very good answer um have you watched music and lyrics Oh my God! Yes. Also, a great soundtrack. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, yes. That's all. What you know? I I know this um, because I'm a friend of yours. I know that you're um, into really into Marvel uh, characters, in as much as in uh, you're into fan fiction. Um, if you had to kill a Marvel character forever, he would Hawkeye. never come back. Hawkeye. 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 Hawkeye, Hawkeye. Hot guy? Hawkeye, Hawkeye. Okay, Can I why? kill Jeremy Renner? <laughs> no, the character, but you can try to kill Jeremy Renner if you want if to. If I kill He'll Hawkeye do it forever. himself, it seems, any minute now. He's having Sorry, a rough I, time of it. Yeah, I shouldn't be bullying Jeremy Renner, but yeah, not. nevertheless, I persist. persist. <laughs> so Hawkeye, why? Um. Okay, so you should know that pretty consistently in the Marvel fan fiction universe. Okay. And this is obviously not a universal, but Hawkeye is pretty consistently paired either with Agent Coulson um, mm. or Black Widow, which I don't think I ever read straight fan fiction, so no. Um, or as like an alternative backup person to Bucky. Mm. Um, and I personally think Bucky should date Loki. And so Bucky Barnes. Yeah, I and, mean, that makes sense. Yeah. And Loki should be boyfriends. And so if Hawkeye were eliminated, I would never have to encounter him messing up my ship triangles in my fan fiction ever again. I like so, it. So, yes, my, my answer is entirely, entirely, it's two prong. <laughs> don't like Jeremy Renner very much. Love fan fiction, but don't want Hawkeye in there. Um, that's I will great. say that the, there is one genre of Marvel fan fiction in tell. which in which I can deal with Hawkeye as a character. And it's one 
there's there's a subgenre of Marvel fan fiction where all the Avengers are veterans of the Iraq War. Hmm. It's a really common thing. And in those, Hawkeye's always really well written as like someone who like watched a lot of his friends die in a war and is dealing with it in a like a really annoying way. And I find him to be a really sympathetic character in those fan fictions. But in any other genre and in any other genre, in anything like when they're in high school, in that one fan fiction where it's just the Avengers in the plot of friends, like in those, no. None of the other alternate universe Avengers fan fiction do I find them terrible. You know, the 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 amount of information you've just given me about things that I, I just did not know about. If you if you invite me into your home, and by home I mean podcast, don't be surprised when I bring a can of worms for dinner, okay? I won't. I, I, I won't and shan't and I'll worms. Um what movie makes you the horniest can't be pornography? Um that's a good question. What movie makes me the horniest? Not Baby Driver, although it's up there. Um I don't know. It's tough because like I'm very much like a TV horny girl. Like, you know how I feel about has anything made me horny besides NBC's Hannibal? Um did uh, did any of the Hannibal movies make you horny? No. no. Mm. Hold on. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Okay. Um, I'll pause. Oh, um, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Ooh, why Last Crusade specifically? Many reasons. Um, mm-hmm. One of them is Harrison Ford, and the other is Sean Connery, and the third right. is that hot Nazi girl. <laughs> oh, and the fourth is the uh, Knight of the Templar who guards the Grail. <laughs> Yeah, I love an old bag of bones. No, I love a man who's been kept in captivity. (laughs) Who's got a man who's like dedicated? No, that's been held in captivity. No, a man who has devoted his life to God for generations and is locked in a cave for centuries. I'm like, yeah, that's my yeah. (laughs) Um, you know, you you saw the latest Indiana Jones, right? Yes. In the, very, the, in the theater. In the theater as well, I saw it. And it was very fun, you know, and a lot of people gave it guff. And they gave this the guff for, you know, to Crystal Skull, too, of, like, being a little too fantastical. And then I, I have to, like, pull people aside and be like, there's a knight that's immortal in Last Crusade. Yeah. And we all were just like, that's fine. You know, yeah, the the first three are really big on like religious fantasy, mm-hmm. like like elements, and I feel like four and five are not. Actually, you know what? Five made me distractingly horny, and I saw it with my family. Yeah, because yeah, no, it's it's a hot movie. Harrison Ford, yeah, Mads Mikkelsen, yeah, riding a horse through New York City. These are very no. specific. Phoebe Waller Bridge found dead in a ditch. I don't care about her. I don't. I wouldn't care if she existed or not. Oh, I'm sad for you. And uh, who's the guy that plays your dead son? Oh, Mutt. Shia What's LaBeouf. His... <laughs> yes, I always think Mutt is a more real sounding name than Shia LaBeouf. That's true. It is Mutt Jones. Yeah, or the whatever. Pre- yeah, the omnipresent ghost of Mutt Jones. Does more to get me horny than Phoebe Waller-Bridge. I couldn't disagree with you more, but I respect your opinion. That's all right. More um, for me. What movie makes me the horniest, if you had to guess? Um, what was 
Um, mm-hmm. Either the one where Luke can lay a kiss or <laughs> Duncan on your ass. Because I'm from South Dakota does not mean I enjoy that. Uh, homeschooled ass bitch. Um, <laughs> um, I love you so much. Uh, what does yeah, make you? I'm trying to remember. Like, have you ever? Have you ever been horny? Um, have I ever been uh, horny? Have you ever been horny? Uh, <laughs> In front know, of you, like probably uh, near probably. other people. Also, probably in my life, of course. Or the Star Wars with Kelly Marie Tran. You like her. I do like her. I would say that um, Last Jedi doesn't make me particularly horny, but I appreciate their uh, the elements um, there. Scent of a Woman. A film I have not seen, so I will have to watch oh. it and then get back to you. Okay, well, tell me if it makes you horny. I now, will. What, what movie makes you horny? I want to know. Um, I can't. I don't know. It just, I just I always ask that of other people, and then I... I I thought, hey, what about me? And then um a horny movie. Did um, May December make honestly, you honestly? Um no. <laughs> if it did not make me horny, no. I was good, thanks. Um honestly, probably the last time I genuinely got like titillated watching a film was I watched Jennifer's Body for the first time two years ago. And I was like, oh, this would have been. Had I seen this when it came out, this would have been like my whole personality. Yeah. So I'm glad I'm getting to it now when I'm a full adult. Um, but yeah, that that movie is, you know, great in a lot well, of I'm ways. Gonna, I'm going to Google movies with girls in it. Movies, <laughs> movies with, with girls. girls. Be careful. Um, movies with girls. Um, and, um, something. Did I you got, watch the Did you watch the Timothy Chalamet cannibal movie? It did not make me horny. No, I I'm I'm slowly warming on him, but as a general rule, I'm not interested with what he has to say or do. Um, but he's he's winning me over. Okay. I got two more questions for you. Um, oh, I can't remember which other one it would be. So, actually, what animal would you like to ratatouille you into success? Oh my gosh, that's such a great idea. Um, I should find an animal immediately. The, uh, the, the hat can get as big as you need it. It's like a thank tardis. you for clarifying. Yeah, thank you for that. Um, just kind of based off of what I want out of life, um, I think like a large bird of prey, like mm. some sort of, or or maybe like a really fast bird, like a peregrine falcon, because. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. I I definitely I'm definitely yeah. I'm definitely feeling like a bird should be in charge of me. Um, and like okay. So yeah. the other thing is ratatouille rat two feet two hands mm-hmm. technically four paws technically can't lose. Yeah. So maybe I should choose like some sort of gross bug with a lot of feet. Example mm-hmm. millipede because mm-hmm. then they could pull all my hairs at the time. Mm-hmm. Um. Snake couldn't ratatouille me, no hands. Um, I do think a bird a would bird. be good. A bird, a bird of some kind. It's actually, perversely, um, a seagull would probably do a great job of fixing my problems. Oh, that'd be so chaotic. But yeah. Oh. yeah. Did I tell you about the seagulls in, like, they're awful everywhere, but in New Zealand, there was something else. 
They were no, just you told like, me about a bunch of other birds, but not seagulls. Oh, what? They were just like, they would like camp out outside of cafes. And the minute like you would stand up, there'd be like 10 of them eating whatever they could off your plate. It was frankly frightening. I've got a question. Um, so previously, when you told me uh, the birds of New Zealand, mm-hmm. you've mentioned like a lot of them have like interesting or enigmatic calls. Mm-hmm. Do the seagulls of New Zealand um, have accents? Do they sound different because the birds around them are different? I want to say yes, and they sound like or whatever, but uh, no, they sound pretty much the same. Um, Well, I will say they're less loud than American seagulls, as as is everything in New Zealand. Okay, because I, I am I am curious as to like whether the migratory patterns and um just like you know locality of birds has an impact on their call even when they're the same species um well, like, it certainly like does but i can't i don't have a very good trained ear for that particular okay. um skill set you'd have to talk to an ornithologic person i would say though that they they did sound they were far more aggressive than any american seagulls i've encountered um I assume they sound similar to Australian seagulls because they're all kind of in the same ilk, but like, I don't know. I just, what's crazy is like the overlap of bird is fascinating to me because of that reason. I'm like, why are there seagulls here? Why are there seagulls in Minnesota? There's no sea. It's just a bunch of lakes, but they still show up. It's yeah. weird to think about. Yeah. Anyway, final question as always. Why? Is Austin Powers so sexy? Uh, his teeth are realistic. And we live in an era. What? Was not expecting that as an answer. We live in an era of auspicious artifice, Tristan. And I am tired of seeing people with teeth that look like well-manicured bathroom tile at a museum. And yeah. Austin Powers for all of his other positive qualities, has the realest teeth in the game. That's true. And that's how you know he has zero inhibitions. He will throw his whole... I was going to say, like, do the thing where you take a word and then you take the first letter and then you add ussy. Mm. But the thing is, I would just be saying Austin pussy. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm not going to say that. (laughs) But he would... He would... He is so sexy because... He understands his teeth don't need to be fixed. We need to be fixed as a society. I like that. I like that very much. He's a real one. That's for sure. Do you think we should get another Austin Powers film? Yeah. I, I think, think we should. I think, I the- think yeah, they, they should release Austin Powers movies like grocery stores release circulars. Like one <laughs> week, an extra on Sundays, like a really big one at Christmas time and Thanksgiving. I should be getting those bad boys in my mailbox so often I can't keep up. That's so good. Excellent. Are you ready for double features? I'm, I'm very ready. So for the audience, double features, I offer up a film. Hattie has to find a film that is similar tonally or thematically, but opposite in genre. So I'm going to ask you, what would pair well with Hello, Dolly? Oh, okay. Very good question. Um, A woman, she wants to be loved. However, 
also there's a musical aspect. Um, the opposite of those. Okay. Uh, is it called Obsession? What's that Beyonce movie where she? Uh, it's. I'm just googling. Are you typing and googling? I, movie Beyonce. Movie Beyonce. Um, I watched it one like one of the only times I was on a treadmill. Have you um, seen the way that Dan Aykroyd introduced Beyonce and at, at SNL? No, Beyonce is what. That's he, amazing. It's so good. It's, it's a movie. It's a movie called Obsess, and mm-hmm. it's where Beyonce, not doing music, um, she has a hot husband named Idris Elba, and then there's another lady who wants to take her man. And like stalks them and like tries to murder Beyonce. Oh and I think Hello Dolly is also about really wanting a man, but not wanting everyone to know how bad you want a man. Mm-hmm. Because if that's the case, they might accuse you of the murders you have actually been secretly committing in the background. Conspiracy <laughs> theory. Oh, Hello Dolly actually scary movie. Scary movie. Yeah. Um what would you pair with Saw? Ooh, okay. Um, Saw it is about a guy who loves arts and crafts projects. Um, <laughs> let's see. So definitely like um, definitely like a teen girl movie. Mm-hmm. Um, or or like just like a teen, a teen movie where like they build something. The Sandlot. Probably, yeah, probably, probably I like, or like that. something of that ilk where it's like mm-hmm. a bunch of, you know, so like in Saw, we have one guy who's really committed to his project and gets a lot of people involved against their will. And so I think we need like a movie where like one teen boy has a dream. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I mean, Wonka. truthfully, I was going to say Willy Wonka, the, the, the original Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is probably the best actual one but i i actually don't think that's that different genre wise that's true yeah I'm like, there's a lot of kind of there's a lot of similar. traps well i mean yeah. you could use that as a thematic element i think actually that'd be a really good yeah. <laughs> um yeah. what about uh the avengers one the first one what would you pair with that bring it on um, Hell yeah, that's very That's good. a perfect answer. That's great. I don't need any further explanations. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, are you ready for the pitch? I am, although I really do now want to go watch Avengers and then bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> that's such a good, such a good pairing. Okay, for the random word, we have shock. Shock, okay. Shock. I have a couple ideas, but I also always defer to the guest because I don't want to trample all over you. Okay. Um, so my idea is um, Shock is about a girl with very frizzy hair. Mm-hmm. And um, she, while trying to dry her hair one day, because if she if she doesn't blow dry it every day, it gets frizzy. Mm-hmm. Um, she Her, her hairdryer gets wet and um, she ends up shocking herself. And what happens is after that, every time she ever like accidentally shocks someone with static, like, you know, in a dry environment when she's in socks, for example, she switches bodies with them. 
Um, and so it becomes a thing where she gets, you know, switched into different bodies. And then she's like trying to electrically shock herself to get back to her own body. Um, so it's like a, it's like a, a kind of freaky Friday body swap situation, but she, um, throughout the course of the film, gets further and further away from her original body. And of course, you know, the, the moral directive at play here is that at the beginning of the film, she's ashamed of her body, her hair being a representation of that and ashamed of how she looks and presents to the world. But by the end of the film, she recognizes that her own skin and her own hair is what she feels most comfortable in. Well, I like that a lot. That's really good. I like this sort of aspect where you can go to really get grand with it as well, like a Walter Mitty, like she shocks someone and it's somehow she's like going to be like setting sail to India or like flying off to India. Then she has to go there and come back and yeah. like this whole, it could be a whole big sweeping adventure where you kind of like, you know, get to learn about different cultures and that sort of thing. I really like it. I feel like let's flush it out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I also do you want to hear another stupider idea? I also yeah, sure. have mm-hmm. okay. So it's a car, it's like it's a movie like the movie Speed, where you know if the bus in speed goes too fast, blows up. Um, it's like that. Except the bad guy bad at his job, so he just like messed with the shocks and now the bus is just really bumpy. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm at, okay, but imagine the psychological horror at play. Everyone's throwing up. Every, yeah, and like, and the thing was, someone's got everyone... a tattoo on their ass for the first day and they're like bleeding. Oh, yeah. And also, it would be really funny if like everyone thought the bus is going to blow up, but it's not. <laughs> so they're just going really fast and it's really bumpy and they think they can't stop, but they can and it's fine. <laughs> anyway, you're right. My first idea is much better. <laughs> Oh, that's really funny as a concept. Ooh, Nelly. Take your pick. Take your pick. No, um, well, no, the the second one feels more like a, a sketch from I think you should leave. Um, but I really like the first one. Um, I think it's far better than anything I was like mulling about in my little head. Um, but it is rather complete as an idea. So we're really just yeah. flushing out the three acts that we would need, right? You really yeah. outlined the plot quite easily. So I feel like we would have to spend like the first 20 minutes going, um, maybe that she's, a, you know, if we're going to go with cliches here, she's new to the school. All the people are bullying her because she has this beautiful frizzy curly hair. And so she starts to like try and straighten it and all this. And there's a fun like little you know, sequence like from Mrs. Doubtfire when he's trying on different makeups, you know, and she's trying different hairstyles and they always poof back and it's all this nonsense. Um, I feel like she should she should also have an after school job, mm. either like working like as uh, like housekeeping staff, like at like a banquet hall or a resort or something like something mm-hmm. where she would ostensibly be shuffling across carpet in ugly shoes a lot. Sure. That builds up some static or um something else that's like hair adjacent or fur adjacent like uh maybe she like maybe she wants to be a vet like a vet tech and if, so she's helping out like in an animal shelter and so she like at one point she switched his places with a dog mm-hmm. i the suggestion i would make is having worked at a preschool they always have carpeted like the yeah. springy car and there's a lot of static during the winter and the idea as much as i do love the dog it, it, someone a, a, a baby in a human's body 
in a, like any human's body is babies aren't human a baby <laughs> in an adult's body and vice versa very funny as a concept to me uh like she swaps with the kid and it admittedly just like shits itself yeah and and it's just humiliating and i mean if we're gonna go with like kind of a goofy comedy obviously thing is like the way she's she's with the next person is the woman's breastfeeding the child that would be very funny also and now so I'm thinking- this woman wakes up like they swap bodies with her own tit in her mouth yeah she's like oh i get it now actually oh man also wow i would hate if someone were going to suckle from my breast and i shocked them with my nipple that would suck yeah it would would. or if they shocked me on my nipple yeah boo don't do it fam don't do it talking to you gen z you might be thinking about doing that don't it's bad for the environment only you can prevent nipple static. <laughs> Everyone go home and shave your areolas tonight, okay? Do it. Trust me. <laughs> so I like that. I like her first kind of discovering this power at the preschool. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's where all, because then you just like have this big set piece where she's like bipping around because everyone's staticky there. Yeah. So it makes it a lot easier. And then I feel like, she switches bodies with like someone about to leave or something. There has to be a way that she can't get back to her original body. Yeah. Um, If I may, because her original body shits itself, right. As it, you know, happens, then she like in the child form immediately gets picked up by her mom because the mm -hmm. fucking person's just shat themselves and passed out. So then the ambulance comes. And then they take that person away to the hospital. And so she's still yeah. stuck as baby. They swap. Yeah. Well, and and also um, a thing that I was thinking is, do you remember like, well, no, you wouldn't actually. Never mind. I was going to say, do you remember when you were in elementary school? And then I was like, not that you don't remember elementary school, which is that yours was your house. Yes, so in public, in, in, in public schools and also like in daycares and stuff, um, there's like a phenomenon that happens for like a guy will just come in with a bunch of animals and be like, look at these. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like I was thinking like the preschool could have like, all right, kids, it's it's lizards and snake day. And then like, you know, the lizard she switches with the lizard man. That's also an option. So now she's not only been shocked and now she's in a lizard man's body, but now she's in charge of all the lizards. She's gotta she's gotta drive all like she has to try to drive across town and mind you she's like a young a younger girl so maybe she doesn't even know how to drive she's got to drive a van full of snakes get these <laughs> mother effing snakes out of my mother effing van i love this idea she can't drive so she like immediately pulls forward bangs into another car shoots through the windshield lands on someone shocks them mm-hmm. and so she gets up she's like i'm good and <laughs> person just like a broken neck or whatever yeah dead body covered in snakes <laughs> there's this element though of like which this is all very good gags but how does the character feel about like causing this much collateral damage i feel like if we make her young enough she won't care she's just like i gotta get to my body yeah, yeah. or if um maybe if because like 
I'm kind of envisioning like Mia Thermopolis level of dorkery in the beginning from Princess Diaries. Mm-hmm. And and like I'm also kind of thinking of her as someone who's like, you know, her best friend's like, oh, <laughs> you've never done anything bad in your life. Like oh, sure. you're such a goody goody. You know, you volunteer at this preschool after school and like, you know, you work so hard and you're on the gymnastics and tumbling team because those masks create a lot of static and that's important for later. Mm-hmm. Um, like, why don't you just do one thing just for you? And she's like, huh, oh, best friend with a slutty mom. I couldn't do that. Because, <laughs> um, like, that's the dynamic, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, like, so then she's like, okay. You know, I, like, at first, like, she's trying really hard not to touch anybody because she doesn't want to swap and she doesn't want to create chaos. And then she's like, you know what? Life is chaos. I have to stop worrying so much about A's and B's and worry about me. So that's, you know, like perfection isn't perfect. I don't need to worry about my frizzy hair. I'm great as I am. And that means sometimes being a little messy. <laughs> I like that a lot. <sighs> I hope that Target reaches out to me and says, we're ready for you to market the toy line we've based off of your fictional film. Because <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready for the a hairstyling set that like mm-hmm. her face swaps i don't know anyway mm-hmm. okay so yeah um, she crashes her little wind up toy where she goes yeah yeah um she crashes through the snakes that guy's dead um <laughs> kills a man kills a man and i think orphans she, the snakes orphans the snakes um i think the idea of like her crashing into someone and getting hit with the person that they crash into that she crashes into should um be a very famous person like yeah. You're like, oh my God, I'm like George Clooney or whatever. I'm Anne Hathaway. Oh my God, this is incredible. And then someone goes, like taps her on her shoulder and they immediately swap. The the really good thing to me in my mind would be if it's like the height, like the person who she switches places with, the celebrity, mm-hmm. is the favorite celebrity of her enemy at school. Mm. Because... Then, like, you know, school enemy sees her and is like, oh, my God, Salma Hayek, I love you so much. She's like, um, suck a dick, Jessica. Yeah. And then she gets tapped. So now the school enemy is in celebrity's body. No yes. one will ever believe her. Mm-hmm. Um, and now she has a perfect cover because now she's like, great, I can go cause chaos and it will look like my enemy, Julie from Homeroom, did <laughs> Yes. Also, this character's name is now Julie from Homeroom. So she's in the body of Julie from Homeroom. Julie from Homeroom. Um, I like that. Um, and then I think she should sow the seeds of chaos there. And I think this, she tries to, she's at the school. She goes to the school. She starts like TPing everything, blah, blah, blah. She gets brought into the principal's office. And since, um, they're, her parents are such a big donor to the school. They're going to let it slide. And she goes, no, you have to expel me. And the principal goes, I'm not going to expel you. That's ridiculous. And then she swaps with the principal and goes, you're expelled. I love that. That's hilarious. <laughs> I'm in charge here. Yeah. Um, and then I think there's got to be a moment where when, you know, she's amassed all this power where she has to take a minute and go, what am I doing? Yeah. You know, And like what, who, so what we need is like, the person who's like re- really in every way the opposite of her, who she can swap into, and then she realizes how much she misses her her life. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe that's like uh, maybe that's like a teacher who, like, 
respects her, but like she's butted heads with. Mm-hmm. Um, like I'm thinking, you know, someone who had like in the first act of the movie, like try to lift her up and make her feel better about herself. You know, maybe she got an A minus on a test or a quiz and like she felt bad and her teacher was trying to give her a pep talk and she just like lost her temper and was mm-hmm. really mean to this teacher. And so now she's um like in this teacher's body and she realizes like, wow, you know. I like seeing, you know, reading my work that's here on the desk. Like I see that it's actually really good. And like in our class photo, I look so pretty. Like she's realizing like how everyone else sees her, which is like a nice, pretty successful girl with a lot going Mm -hmm. for it, a lot of potential. Um, And maybe all of this happens like towards the end of the school year. So like maybe there's a yearbook lying around, you know, Um, or it could be like her gymnastics coach. That would work too. That would be really good. Because then ultimately that could be a way that she, um, because it has to be someone she knows because ultimately she needs to get back to the hospital and or her original house to swap back with her original Mm -hmm. body. And so it needs to be someone who knows her parents say, hello, let me in your child's hospital room after she had shit disease attack. (laughs) I like, um, I like that a lot. And I like that. I would love for the coach to be uh, Patrick Warburton. Oh, yeah. I and love goes, that. Oh, so that's the shocking thing, is it? You know, and he just knows about it. Well, yeah, this happens twice a year. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Goes, okay, let's get you back to your body. Yeah. And then like, you, you think mm-hmm. this is the first time I've seen someone on a tumbling mat switch bodies. <laughs> Rest, wrestling season's a nightmare. Like, <laughs> this should have been here back in uh, 93. It's just awful. Yeah. Not because of that, because of Waco. But, uh... Yeah. No, um, that's not the right year. Anyhow, I like that a lot. I think getting her back to her body makes sense. But how how does how do we reset all the chaos? So I think um, that some person she encounters along the way who happens to know a lot about magic will conveniently explain that once she's back in her old body, it will have a domino effect and mm. everyone else will return to their own bodies. But that's also part of it is in order to fix the chaos she's created, she mm. has to get back to her own body. Um, I, will, I think it can be, it can be Patrick Warburton again. Yeah. Cause he's like, again, like I've dealt with this yeah. so much. All you gotta do yeah. with this. Yeah. Um, and uh, I also think it would be a good twist. If um, one of her parents, maybe like her dad and Patrick Warburton were best friends growing up mm-hmm. or like knew each other. And like, Maybe this happened when her dad was in high school and he didn't believe it. Like he didn't believe that it was a real thing. Mm, and now, mm-hmm. and like maybe that's why he and Patrick Warburton stopped being friends. But mm. now, uh, so there's always been like this tension between the two of them. And now she not only does she learn to appreciate herself and all of the people in her community and her role there, but she also repaired a friendship. That's very good. I like that a lot. I love also this tag of like, everything's back to normal, fantastic. And then they go, the snake guy. And then it just jump cuts to a funeral. And everyone at the funeral has a snake on them. Exactly. Britney Spears is there with the boa constrictor. There's a bunch of, it's not just the one casket, there's caskets for the snakes. Yeah, there's a casket and the casket sheds its skin and there's another casket inside. (laughs) oh yeah 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 everyone yeah okay that's good that's really good uh i think that's great i think we definitely have a winner um who do you think i love Mm -hmm. 
I was just say I just love the audacity of having like a really fun, funny movie with one brutal death that we make sure to <laughs> nail at the end. Like, yeah, that guy's canonically dead. That guy's that guy's He's... mother will grieve him for the rest of her days. So he could not be more dead. Yeah, he could not be more dead. Oh, I think um, should be someone really likable too in that role. Who you're like, oh, cool. He, you know, this actor's here. Bob Odenkirk. I disagree with that assessment, but I know you love him. I um, mostly think it would be really, I think that it would be a really believable sad funeral. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Everyone would be sad that Bob Odenkirk had died. I was thinking also like someone like Tom Hanks or something, but I think that might be too extreme. Um, Buster Bluth would also be a good snake guy just in terms of character. And also, like, I wouldn't feel bad about killing him. Like, I, not that I don't like him, but like, yeah, yeah. if he died in the movie, I don't think it would. It be would be funny. Good. It wouldn't be like, oh my god. Oh, oh no, Jack Black. Oh sure, yeah, yeah, and he's got That's his it. huge beard and a, like a he's doing an Australian accent, but he's not really from Australia. Yeah. He has the Australian accent up until they switch, and then he she starts talking. It's like there's a normal <laughs> voice, normal yeah. voice. So I've just been lying, I guess. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> I like that a lot. I like that as a, a concept for the Jack Black. Who do you think should direct this picture? Um, that's a good that's a good question. Um, who? Probably someone who's done like one of the better recent teen movies from. Mm. Um, uh, uh, actually, no, changed hmm. my mind. Um. I think it should be uh, Daisy Von Schurler-Mayer, who did Party Girl, and also has done several episodes of Yellow Jackets. That um, sounds because great. she would get uh, she would get the teen dynamics right, and she also would do great with like the sense of humor and the absurdity. Um, mm-hmm. I would say backup option Karen Kusama, um, who did Jennifer's Body, and has also. Hmm directed episodes of yellow jackets <laughs> there's one show about teenage girls that has my heart and similarly the 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 girl with the poofy hair should be played by samantha hanratty okay. of yellow jackets that's of yellow that's jackets can we get curly. melanie linsky we absolutely can absolutely yeah should melanie play linsky. Mm-hmm. Um, play her mom yeah well no should play the mom at the preschool who breastfeeds her because okay. it's a very listen, small part for her but yes no because here's the thing if we market this movie as jack black loves snakes and you see <laughs> melanie linsky's boob we will have captured every bisexual worldwide <laughs> and we will make millions that's true that's very true i had not taken that into uh consideration that's great a plus would do. I'll email, I'll email uh, Bob Iger and see if he wants to buy it. Yeah. Are you Bobby. ready? Hey Bobby. hey, Bobby. I know you said some dumb shit lately, but I got an idea for you. Um, you want to do a lightning round? Yes, I do. The way it works is we get the same word. We, I do a quick pitch. You do a quick pitch. Okay. Two sentences or so. So I have consolidate. Consolidate is about a, a funeral director who is trying to who's overbooked, and he is trying to manage the fact that the funeral home has so many 
people coming uh, at the same day and it's console-a-date. Oh, that's really cute. Yeah, that's really good. Um, Consolidate is about a single mom who- Works too hard, uh, who loves her punk kids and never stops. Yeah, yes. Um, and she <laughs> runs a uh, storage unit um, complex. And so it is about her trying to clear out the remaining units um, in order to finally sell the damn place now that her last kid has graduated and go on a road trip during which she will contain all of her belongings in a single backpack. That's really good. I like that a lot. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Um, salvation. Salvation or salivation? Salvation, like the army. Okay. Um, I think this is a, a Adam Sandler vehicle. Plays an Italian man, and, and this Italian salvation. man. His name's Salvation. I know his name's Salvation. Salvation. And he goes around trying to do good deeds because he's got a past. He's he's got a past. I know I want to make up for it. And uh, and he goes around doing that. And then it turns out the bad thing that he did was like, you know, he stepped on a crack uh, and broke his mother's back growing up. And he's like, I can't live with myself. I gotta gotta make good. So that's Salvation. (laughs) I would see that. I would pay money to see that. I would sneak bread. I would sneak bread into that theater. Um, uh, would salvation. Sneak. I would, I'd sneak bread into that theater. <laughs> that's, that's a great, <laughs> a great uh, adage. Salvation is about a pair of identical twins, one of whom is an angel of death at a local hospital. Hell yeah. The other um, helps cover up the crimes by sneaking all of the dead people's belongings into the Salvation Army thrift store where she works. That's so good. That's really cool. Thanks. I like that a lot. Um, come on, beep, 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 beep. We have it's prestige. We can't do prestige. That's already a movie. Okay, so there's a magician and Nikola Tesla's there too. <laughs> Andy Circus <laughs> is there briefly. The best part of the- David movie. Bowie. <laughs> Come on, give me a give me a better one. Come on, come on. It just says kill. 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 K-I-L-L. Mm, kill. Um, so this is a guy who um has to do with a leprechaun. And in order to be free from a leprechaun's curse, he has to go on a murderous rampage where he kills Arnie, he kills Kenny. And he kills you know, and so on and so forth until he realizes that there's no actual end to the curse. Because if you kill enough um, Irish people and Muppets, uh, you turn into a leprechaun yourself. Wow. Yeah. I hope that never happens to me. I would hate uh, if that happened to me. <laughs> uh, kill is a period piece um, set in uh, the period before the Revolutionary War where um, a Dutch uh, settler played by Mads Mikkelsen um, travels down the river, kill being Dutch for river, um, uh, womanizing, like like meeting and marrying young farm girls and um, taking advantage of and then murdering them until a community of women um, whose uh, husbands abandoned them for being promiscuous because they were all very puritanical 
um, a community of, of women intercepts and tortures him to death. And they film all of it. They show all the torture. Lots of farm implements are used. He bleeds a bunch. They bleed him into the river. There's a shot of him bleeding into the river and like the water's running over his body and he's all naked and stuff. And it's scary. Good. I'd sneak bread into that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'd, I'd sneak bread and cheese into that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna need my energy for that one. Uh, um, what um, do you want people who listen to this podcast to know about you? Hmm. What well, you up to? First of all, I'm mysterious. Um, That's true. They, they should go to HattieHayes.com, which is um, spelled how it sounds, and they should sign up for my newsletter. And they shouldn't follow me on social media. They shouldn't do that. Get out of there. That's gross. Yuck. Instead, save yourself. Sit- now, yeah, instead, if you want to know anything about me, send me an email. I'll respond. Just email me. Just Hattie you got J. the time? HattieJHayes at gmail.com. I love getting emails. Email me and say, like, hey, I also love Mads Mickelson. And I want to give you $10 million and let you meet him. And I'll say, hey, sorry it took me so long to respond. I was sleepy, but I would love to do that if you're still willing to give me money and take me to Maz Mickelson's house. Also, who are you? Send me an email. Email me right now. <laughs> um, to you, the listener, I say thank you for listening. Um, you can support this podcast at tristanmiller.substack.com. Get early access in the video of, of the podcast. As well as I sometimes do film reviews there and some other stuff. Um, as far as I go, you can you can look down in the show notes and see where what I'm up to. I prefer comedy all over the place. I have another podcast called Amateur Detective Club where I review murder mystery media and with my friends Melissa and Tyler, and that's heaps of fun. Also, if you listen, if you subscribe to the podcast, you get a bonus episode of bonus podcast and it's called movies to fall asleep to where i talk to people about their comfort movies and it's a podcast designed to lull you to sleep um we've got a couple episodes coming up that i'm very happy with anyway um thank you very much hattie for doing this it's been a long time coming because uh we used to run this as a live show for a little bit out of the pit theater the, which yeah. is to say the people's improv theater theater is what i just said <laughs> yeah, like the atm, ATM machine, machine. <laughs> yeah <laughs> one brain cell to rule them all (laughs) so it's great to have you on now in this iteration yeah this is fun and this i liked this version because um i feel like i can go for longer and be stupider and it's okay because i'm in my own house in my own pajama pants nice yeah that's go longer go stupider i i would i would see all the movies that we made up today i see them all i would see them all with you I would. I would do that, too. We should go see a movie together okay. sometime. We haven't been. I've only been to the cinema with you once. That's true. I still uh, listeners who are still listening. Tristan bought me uh, go, get there early from Maria Menudo's shirt. But <laughs> I have yet. We have yet to wear to a theater together. <gasps> yeah, we will. We will. And I um, I have mine in Minnesota, so I have to go grab it. <laughs> I'm now I'm Googling movies to see what's out there. <laughs> All right. Well, Um, I'm going to wrap up the podcast. It's been a delight. Oh, we could see that new walk.